everyone, you know I love bringing you the stories of amazing physicians doing really cool things outside of medicine to create a life on their own terms. This next interview is going to be with Dr. Aaron Bright. He's an emergency medicine physician, and he's the CEO and founder of Hippo Education. He's a great guy, and he's going to tell you some really cool things about his journey to creating this company, and also he's going to offer some inspiration along the way. I hope you enjoy. Thanks, everyone. Welcome to the Passive Income MD Podcast, where we talk about creating your ideal life through multiple streams of income. If you enjoy hearing about this stuff, make sure to hit subscribe. Now let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, this is gonna be a really fun interview. I've got Dr. Aaron Bright. He's an emergency medicine physician out here in Los Angeles, pretty close to me. And he's the founder and CEO of Hippo Education. For those who don't know what it is, you're gonna find out. It's an online medical education platform for physicians. We're gonna talk all about it. Aaron, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me, good to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk to you. I mean, I've known about Hippo Education for a while. Again, people in my world have talked about hippo education, but for those who don't know anything about it, um, can you let them know what that is exactly? Yeah, uh, hippo education, it's a, it, like you said, it's a medical education company that I founded a, a, a while back now, but um, it's kind of, we like to say we're a little bit different than sort of the dull, uh, vague, indistinguishable brands of CME in the universe. And we, we, kind of, we kind of pride ourselves on our you know, our authenticity, the sort of human tone, like if it's hard, we go, this is hard. How do we learn it? We don't go like, you know, put on our bow tie and say that everybody knows this. And then we're sort of tech forward and we're, you know, ridiculously addicted to like quality and production and, and education quality. So we're just trying to do it as good as we can. It's a, a what is the school. format? What's the format that it's taught in mostly? So we do everything. We've got a whole bunch of podcasts across a few specialties. We've got a whole bunch of online um, video courses, everything from like you know, boot camps that onboard you onto a different specialty. So say you come out of where you're at in anesthesia and you're like, I hate anesthesia now. I need to go into urgent care. Well, we've got to, you know, we can kind of like transition you over there. And then we have, we actually have one big live course called Essentials of Emergency Medicine that happens every year. It's been a huge um, ER course, but we're all over the place. We are multimedia. That's what we are. It's <laughs> uh, awesome to hear. Yeah. Uh, you said you, it was founded, it's founded a while ago, you said. Yeah. But when exactly in your like kind of career was that yeah. founded? I uh, went into um, emergency medicine and started out when I graduated from training at USC, where we both trained. I went into the community. I was like sort of sick and tired of not having any money. And my, I grew up with not a lot of money. And the people are like, well, you can go into academics and make this, or you can go into the community and make this. So I went into the community. Um, I kind of did, I did about five years, uh, went into sort of leadership and uh, medical director stuff and sort of burned down on it, honestly. I went back to academics. And this was around 2011 or 12. And uh, the contrast between what I realized was happening on the outside, um, you know, when you're in training, everybody knows this, you're in training, it's like high fives and, and mentors and, and like good times and after work beers and the whole thing. And then when you get out in the community, at least for emergency medicine, it becomes this like totally lonely, <laughs> you're like, I just saved this guy's life. You turn around for the high fives and no one's there. And there's like, a, so that was part of it. But also what goes under is the education. You go from the all, it's like mentors and learning all the time to what I found to be kind of sad, lonely garbage in my specialty at the time. And so when I went back to USC, I realized, oh, there's a giant gap here. And we started, we just launched one of our products. It was around 2012 is our first thing came out. And we didn't, all I wanted to do is get out of night shifts, honestly, because I was hurting. And I like, I went back to academics where I was like bottom of the 
I went from like medical director, you know, extraordinaire to bottom of the rung academic guy. And the, uh, it was like a, a board review course we did. And it just resonated with people just because it was a little more human and it, we were laughing a lot and we we're making fun of ourselves. And so then, in, you know, long, long, long story short, it sort of took off from there and we just got more demand. And now I don't do anything except for this. I work a tiny bit, but I work kind of because I want to work and keep myself together rather than because I have. I mean, it's such a cool story. I want to get back to when you said, you know, we just, we just launched this thing. Like it was yeah. no big deal. Like yeah. what, how did you, first of all, how did you know what to launch? And then how did you put that together? Yeah, I would, I would love to give you like a story where I had this, uh, a job, Steve Jobs, like a genius moment, but we launched the thing we launched because we could do it. It was a PA board review course, which still exists and is a, is now, uh, we, we partnered with the AAPA. So it's a, it's the board review course for PAs was our first product. And we filmed it like in a, 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 in a room, like in a, like literally in a, in a home office on iMovie. And I stayed up all night, you know, editing the thing. There's no employees. And we only did it because we knew a bunch of PAs and they were asking for it. They're like, our board reviews suck and we need to have something better. And, um, and that's honestly why we did it. Was it the smartest thing to start with? I'm not sure. Did it have any thinking behind it? Not really. But it just sort of, it was the thing we started. And it wasn't easy, to be honest. It was, I was working full time. I was the medical director of the ER at that point. I was working all day and then I would come home and I would work all night, like editing dumb videos and cutting out my stupid jokes. And, you know, and uh, um, so it wasn't, um, it wasn't smooth, but it, in retrospect, it was a really good idea and it was a fun thing to start. And we started really slow. Like we just, I didn't know what I had until uh, a few years later honestly. And then it started to grow and grow. And I was like, okay, now we have to focus. We've got an opportunity. Yeah. I mean, who's we, when you mentioned we, it was a colleague. I'm me or... and my team. I started out with a, a co-founder of mine who's no longer at the company, but he uh, was kind of a mentor of mine in training. And uh, we would sort of brainstorm stuff. And then I was the executor mm -hmm. person. So we would try to figure out what to do. And he was helping us fund it. And um, which, I mean, honestly, it didn't take much funding, but I guess he was helping us feel better about, about spending our own money on it. And then slowly, slowly, we started a game. I mean, I did first few years of the company. We had one, one employee, Tom. Hi, Tom. We had, we had Tom. Tom's still here. Um, but now we've got, I mean, we must have 50 people now. So like there's a, um, you know, there's a curve there. But yeah, it was just, it was just, honestly, it's all cliche, but it's like, it was super hard work. It was stressful for the family. Um, but I was really passionate about it. I've always kind of been entrepreneurial. I've always kind of been one of those creative types. And I, as much as I love medicine and I still loved it, then um, I, I found a hard time balancing the, I think I probably chose medicine because I was like the security, just, you know, from your family, you grew up a certain way. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do something where you can't lose your job, you know? And, um, and I, and I loved it, but it didn't really scratch that creative itch. It didn't scratch that entrepreneurial itch. So I had always been thinking about it. Uh, so I was just kind of waiting for my, for my time. Hey everyone, I wanted to share a super exciting announcement. We have a brand new deal that just opened up with Ascent Equity Group, which I'm a co-founder at. Now this is a multifamily syndication deal called the Encanto, and I think it's perfect for this exact market. It's a class A, A plus location in Goodyear, Arizona, where properties are booming. Now we have another investment in that region that's doing extremely well. Now you might be stressed about inflation, interest rates, and recession, and wonder if now is the right time. So I highly encourage you to go to ascentequitygroup.com slash deal so you can see why this is a diamond in the rough deal that you don't want to miss. Get all the information at ascent 
equitygroup.com slash deal. Again, that's ascent, A-S-C-E-N-T, equitygroup.com slash deal. All right, now let's get back to the show. Yeah, so you start that PA course. Like, how did you figure out how to do the marketing for it to get yeah. it out to people? Like, yeah, how did yeah. that come about? Yeah, another, like, I, I, it sounds in retrospect smarter than it was, but we did it scrappy. I mean, at the time, I just started calling places. I started calling um, PA schools. I would go visit PA schools. I had some PA friends and we were sort of doing this thing at the time when, you know, social media was a little bit less sophisticated, but I was using that. To be honest, we focused, and I'm not sure how this, you know, how this comes across to the people that are striving to do this, a similar thing, but we focused on product. I didn't even call it product then. I didn't know what that meant, but it, you know, I focused on the, the thing we were making and making it as good as humanly possible and something we're really proud of. And luckily, I think there's a lot of luck involved, but I think luckily it, you know, it was, it was fitting a niche and I was scratching my own itch and it all worked out and people actually came to it. So our, you know, for many years, even now, our biggest uh, source of marketing is just, you know, Frank likes it. And Frank told this person and this person and this person, which is great because those are real customers, but um, we were not sophisticated about the marketing. Not like we are now, even now we could do more, but before it was kind of like, well, if it's really awesome, we're so cool. If you want it, come find us. It was like this total hubris you know, insanity, which I don't subscribe to anymore. But, uh, but it, honestly, that's how it started. Oh, it obviously worked for you back then. I mean, you had the PA course and what did you guys build next? Uh, we put a bunch of podcasts together. We put up um, the, uh, uh, we put a podcast for um, family medicine, a primary care podcast and pediatrics and urgent care at the same time. And those had the same resonance with people. We did an ER board review course. And then now, I mean, I'm, we must have 30, 40 things out there that are active products. And some of them are big and some of them are, are small, but even now we continue to do things in a way where we go, what do people need out there? What do they deserve, right? We look into a place where like, boy, that really sucks what those guys have to do at this point. And if we, can we do a great job at it? Do we have the people that do a great job at it? And then we'll put it out there. And that way we can be proud that everything we do is awesome versus everybody knows there's some big companies in the world where they cover every medical specialty in the world with their education, but you know, like, well, they're great in anesthesia. They really suck at primary care. Like we don't want to have stuff out there that sucks. We don't want to just like sort of, you know, build for the, for the, you know, for the sense of being bigger, you know? So, but yeah, now it's, now it's diverse. Now it's like, if you go to the website, it's, you know, click on more education. It's like, there's like this giant <laughs> thing and we're still growing super fast. I mean, the bottom line is I think people deserve better in the whole medical education space. We are so busy as clinicians, like heads down, talking to patients as we should be, that there's not a lot of, I feel like there's a little bit of apathy. You look out there and you're like, oh, what can I do for my CME? Or like, well, it all sucks. I guess CME sucks. I'll just get my, I'll get my hours, you know? And so we're trying to fill this void where at least in my life, it was like, I wanted to be inspired by it. I wanted to look forward to it. I wanted to be proud of I wanted to remind me that I'm proud of what I do. I wanted it to not make me feel so lonely all the time. So, you know, that's what we're, that's what we're still doing. I mean, you mentioned that you wanted to give her to nights. This was an entrepreneurial type thing. When did it actually start to impact like how much you worked in the ER? Oh, it's a good question. Yeah. It was a few years at least. And I remember the torture of thinking to myself, I'm on this path and I'm an academic. So in academics, you're, it's like military ranking, right? I'm going to go up to like assistant professor to associate. And uh, there was a point and it was before it was totally responsible to do, but there was a point probably three years in 
where I'm like, I can't do justice to what I'm building here unless I back off some of these shifts. And then I would, I would start, I started buying shifts. I'd be like, Hey, you know, can you please dig? Can you play? And, um, that worked for a little while. Then it started to get weird. And then I said, okay, I got to go part-time. And so I sort of went small part-time, then big part-time. And then eventually I think I left uh, USC about five years ago, something like that completely. Cause I just couldn't support myself doing both of them. I still, I still, I loved, I loved academics and I loved being around the residents and teaching and all that stuff. Uh, and maybe someday I'll go back to that. But at this point, our mission here at the company now is like, you know, we're looking to empower the people of healthcare to, to, you know, to our, our mission actually is to learn, grow and thrive. Right. So I'm touching a lot of lives. I'm no longer like covered in blood every day. And, but, you know, but I'm, but I'm, I'm touching a lot of lives. I think it's important. We're super mission driven and it's been, you know, long story longer. It's been great. It's been, it's really rewarding, even though I'm not right there on the patients anymore. And I do miss it once in a while. I've never missed a, like that feeling at three 30 in the morning when you would lie down into a cockroach infested corner, if you could just to take a nap, you know, I don't miss that part. I have a question for you. You yeah. were in academics when you were building a lot of this. I think you yeah. might've come into it with it, but mm-hmm. how did that work out working with your academic department mm-hmm. and having this other business on the side? Was there ever an issue? You know, there wasn't really, although I thought about it a lot and I was thinking if I had, if I had, I mean, you always have to be careful. And I, I was super transparent about it. And I said, this is what, I, you know, this is what I'm doing. It's one of the things that stop me from taking that sort of full-time academic track because then we're associated with the university right and then your standard contract is like from now on everything i own is yours i never had an original thought right and um you can tweak that if you have some power but i had no power and so i basically decided at that point as you're reminding me it's one of the reasons why i i shifted is that it was either go all in like that as an employee level or i could stay as a contractor and nobody had any control over me and and so but it, it wasn't a problem because I work with awesome people and USC is an, is a pretty awesome place to work in terms of it's scrappy everywhere. You're helping a, um, you know, a poor population out there. And so I don't know, it's, it's looser, but if I was at like, you know, Ivy league hospital, number one, I don't know if uh, it would have been so easy. And I, you gotta be super careful about that. Cause I have seen people get in trouble. It's the one thing that makes it weird to be a doctor and a, entrepreneur is that balance um because there's like this there's this moment where you're not sure if you can be doing both otherwise being a doc sets you up for almost every kind of success because you've got something to fall back on it's like i didn't mortgage my house you know all of that was was important you know did it feel like a risk to you when you were doing this business and then you do it felt like a risk to me in retrospect i i feel like a pansy i'm not sure it was a risk i mean like the worst thing that happened people tell me that I'm like, hey, I mean, like, this is really important to me. They're like, what's the worst thing you do? You go back and be a doctor? They're like, boo-hoo. <laughs> so there's a, uh, I, but I felt like it was a risk because we're all, fi- we're all sort of bumbling along our own path to, to, you know, to doing something that we want to do. And I was, you know, I, was, I, I could have done an academic career and been super happy and I had to put it on pause. And then you never know what you can go back to and what you can't. So yeah, it felt like a risk. It felt like a risk. It didn't stop feeling like a risk for a long time, actually, until it got like, stable enough that I was able to hire help. And, you know, now I get to be kind of like the vision guy instead of just the person doing all the labor, 
which is a huge difference and, and so much better. Like I'm hiring people so much better than me to do stuff that I used to do um, on my own. It's one of the things you learn if you are a doc and you end up being in business or doing something entrepreneurial or doing anything, even the stuff that you're, you know, one man show stuff talking about on your website where, you know, somebody's investing in real estate or doing whatever you, you, there is something that we miss, I think, in medical training, which is being part of a bigger team. Because I felt like everything in medicine is like, it's me, the whole buck stops with me. I'm responsible. I'm putting in the chest tube. It's, it's me, right? And in business, uh, and in my company, and I think larger groups, you learn how much more you can get accomplished with like a, like a, a stellar team. And uh, it's shocking. And all of the docs that come in to Hippo at this point have a small learning curve where the first thing they want to do is work all night, all the time, super hard, which is amazing. And then you're like, you know, you could probably push that off on this other department. And they're like, no, no, it's all I got it. I got it. I got it. Because we're used to heri- like lifting everything. There's lots of lessons, I think, in life to learn outside of medicine, which is weird because you don't think about that because medicine's your whole life when you're doing it. You know, I think there's a there's a lot to be said for doing it. We don't live that long, right? There's a lot to be said for trusting yourself and doing some stuff that's different. Yeah, I mean, all along the way, it sounds like you were figuring things out. Yeah. Um, do you, was there ever a point where you felt like almost a disadvantage for being a physician? Now you're lucky that you went to a business that sounds like you had to be a physician or really helped to be a physician. Yeah. Like, I'd love to hear a little bit about that, whether yeah. you know, the disadvantages, maybe the advantages of being yeah. a physician, being an entrepreneur. I think almost all of it is like preface it by saying almost all of us an advantage. There's very few. I mean, like if you're not a physician, stop listening. There's a, but there's very few things I think. I can think of a few, but I can, very few of them where you work as hard as you do when you're training to be a physician. I mean, it's getting different in different generations, but it's still impossibly hard from the day you start to the day you get out, right? That, tran- that kind of work ethic translates um, really well into everything, honestly. Like everything else, and you wouldn't even believe it, but everything else, it's rare to have an opportunity to work that hard and execute things the way that you're used to doing it as a medical person and take that responsibility and all that. So I think most of the, most, most of the time I think of it as a big positive. There's, the only thing that comes up to me as a negative is that um, interestingly in, in the world of finance, if you were looking for funding and things like that, the, the world of finance doesn't trust physician entrepreneurs that much because we got like, they're, they find us to be um, slightly ego-driven and what have you. So whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I have run into a few times where we'd be talking to people and they say, oh, we really like what you're doing. Is, like, is there anybody else that's there? You know, who else is running the business with you? And they're like, oh, it's just me. And uh, they'd be like, well, you know, we, we worked with this doctor, that doctor, and that doctor. It didn't work out very well. So there's a weird, you know, there's a weird, um, sometimes it's a weird outlook in finance to, to working with physicians. But who, I mean, that's a, that's a small one. Hopefully and you're changing know. that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think, I think in general, I think it's been good all the time. And in fact, it's, it's something, you know, as much as you're proud of what you do and, and, and me, you know, in, in medicine, I think other people see that. It's kind of more of an advantage than a crutch. And uh, so, yeah, I can't think of anything really that went south because I was a doc, you know. Having this on the side all throughout, you know, while working full time, yeah. how do you think that impacted your life in medicine? Because so many people today... When they're working and they're getting grinding, there's that aspect yeah. where, you know, you hear about burnout, you hear about yep. all these type of things, but it sounds like you, you did pretty well during that period. Yeah. I mean, I think I did. Let's ask my wife if I really did. 
eventually I was going to burn out. Like I love emergency medicine. I love medicine. I really, really love it. And I the people who we are serving now are like, like it or not, like these are the heroes. I mean, it's so obvious now with COVID, right? But even before, you know, the, not every doctor is the perfect human being. And some people have got, you know, like love to heal on their Porsche and drive them down the freeway, right? We don't, you know, we don't need that. But the, but society has kind of chosen us as the people that are fighting disease. They're like fighting this good fight. They're fighting suffering. And, um, and so I feel like we shouldn't let them burn out if we can possibly help it. But I was going to burn out just because the system was too heavy for me. Like I'm not one of those people who can forget about the waiting room while I'm working as fast as I can taking care of the five heart attacks. I'm worried about the waiting room. I'm stressed out that they're all pissed off out there. I'm like, I just, it was all in my brain and I was good at it and I was fast and everything, but I wasn't, I could feel it hardening my arteries, you know, I could feel the cortisol and I knew I was going to burn out at some point. And so I think I handled it pretty well doing the transition, but I knew I wanted to get down to a point where I could survive it. And I, I'm amazed by people who do it for 40 years and, and, and survive. And I, it wasn't me to be honest. Like I couldn't, um, do it the way I wanted to do it. And uh, that was part of it. I think when you're doing both, yeah, you got a pretty good potential for burnout. But and on the other hand, I knew that I was actively working to create something that I was going to be really proud of, and it has some long term um, value. And so um, it, in a weird way, you could probably think of it, but I don't know how to describe it in a weird way, it made it a little easier to be doing the, the night shifts and what had you. I'm like, I'm doing this for a reason. I'm not just I'm not just wallowing in it. You know what I mean? And so, uh, yeah, it was, it wasn't as bad as it sounds. That being said, I don't ever want to do that again. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. Now looking back, you've mentioned some of them, but what were some of the other big challenges that you really encountered along the way, especially on this entrepreneurial yeah. journey? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's kind of a few standard ones, right? I, I, I feel like, you know, there's this fear of failure for us, I think, because it's a sort of you're a high achieving medicine person. There's always a fear of the unknown and giving up the stability and the safety of being, you know, whatever you're doing. You know, like I said, I'm choosing medicine is a really secure path, right? Doing something else doesn't feel that secure. I love the idea of taking baby steps into it and sort of figuring out what you want to do. But if you really know what you want to do, then I think you do it. Like, I don't think that I've ever made a big transition in my career. And I've had, I think I've had three. I had you know, the community emergency medicine, then I had medical director stuff and leadership there, then back to academics and then into this entrepreneurial side. And every time it was scary and every time it's been massively positive, but it's that, it's the fear of the unknown. It's sort of like you realize in, in something you're creating yourself, like a business or, a, or, or however you want to make your, even if it's like a side hustle, there's always unknown. There's luck. We're not used to luck in medicine, right? Like we don't... We, at least not maybe it's, at least it's facilitated luck, but it's like, you don't, you don't just roll the dice when you're, you're doing the resuscitation. Right. And then I think then I was worried about whether I needed a partner, whether I could get new team members. It's like, it's, it's a brand new thing, but they all were in a certain sense. You could feel yourself growing the whole time. And I was doing something that I was, that I was trying to do the right thing. I was really trying to do the right thing. And if I, if I stayed true to my values, it all seemed to be okay. Even though all those challenges are totally true, but there is no challenge that, that I feel like makes it not worth doing the thing that you want to do. I mean, you've probably got an exact same story. There's no, there's no way that not trying something is you're going to look back on that and be like, Oh, that was a good idea to like play it safe and do whatever, especially when we're who we are. And you've got, you do have medicine to fall back on. It was the worst thing that could possibly happen if you back off for a minute and you realize three years later, like, I don't like that. I like, 
just doing shifts better. Fine. You know, like that sounds awesome. So yeah, I, it's challenging, uh, but it's not even worth thinking about all the challenges because you're going to get through them. They come at you when they come at you. You can't plan for a lot of them. You know, you do your best. And like I said, the, your inherent skills having got to where you've gotten in medicine are just are like invaluable and they translate like across everything. So, yeah. No, that's awesome. No, I know. I totally am in agreement with you. Yeah. Um, I think your story is super powerful. I mean, what is it, what does your life look like now and where's it going? I mean, you Ooh. mentioned right now you're pretty much full-time here, but yeah. where, where's it going in the next five years or so? That's a great question. I, so now I've built something that, um, that not only am I enjoying and I have a, a sense of control, but I've sort of, I've fine tuned my role here to be the stuff that I'm pretty good at, which is like, so, which I like, I feel like I'm not working. Right. And they probably feel like I'm not working too, <laughs> but, but I feel like I'm able to do the stuff that I enjoy the most, which is looking out and seeing where the ship should go and looking at the world and seeing how can we better serve these people and keeping my own, you know, keeping myself straight. Like I want to do something that I'm proud of. It's not about uh, making a ton of money or doing um, uh, anything else. So the next few years is me trying to handle the reins of this company and, and the growing reins and sort of seeing um, where we head from here. Because now that we've got what we've got, we have a footprint and all of us, we, we hire and fire people based on these values and our mission. And so we all want to make a bigger footprint and do the next thing, right? So what does that mean? Does that mean like we, we, um, we, we grow faster, we go into this different, we do all these specialties. There's tons of options, but they're so creative and they're so fun that for the, for the short term, um, short term meaning the next few years, I think we're just doing what we're doing, what we're doing already and trying to do more of it. My life is phenomenal. I, like I get up at, I wake up at six and try to surf every time there's surf. And I like, I mean, it's, and I try to make that be the case for the people that work here too. I want them to have the mission and the balance and the whole thing, because that at the end of the day pumps out better stuff for our people, for our, for our users, for our, our medical people. Like if you said like, what's, you know, I mean, to be honest, if you look at it objectively, my life does not suck. And so there's sort of like, what would I change? I probably wouldn't change anything, but I am hoping to make a significantly larger impact in the next, you know, five years. I want to look back five years from now and be like, oh my God, look how far we've come. And I want to continue to feel awesome about it, you know? Yeah, that's great. I have no doubt you'll get there. I mean, <laughs> with your drive and your mission, yeah, uh, where yeah. can people find out more about you, about the company and yeah. find that online? Yeah. I mean, if you're, we're, we're, we're actively um, making stuff for brand new specialties and stuff. Like we have nothing in anesthesia, which is our, literally it's our next thing that we want to check out, but you can go to hippo ed hippo is in Hippocrates, not like a land dwelling mammal, uh, hippo, uh, ed.com. And you can just see all the stuff we're doing and take a look at what's on the, uh, what's in the future. And, um, you know, that's always, but you'll find a blog from me there that, uh, it's hopelessly egomaniacal and a, um, you know, all of our social media and Twitter stuff that we're trying to stick around, go there first, hippoed.com. And then you can find everything you're looking for. Well, it's such an awesome story. Like congrats on all of your success. You. It's Thanks. awesome what you guys are doing. And obviously that yeah. <laughs> space, whenever I think about CME, oh yeah, it's more like, yeah, I just got to get yeah. this done. Right. Yeah. And so I think you guys are changing that. that. And so that's what we've heard about you. We'll look for that in anesthesia soon. Um, Before I let you go, what's your number one tip? I mean, you've given so many great tips already, but what's your number one tip for someone who is following your footsteps? Yeah, I I think it's a, 
I think honestly, it's a reiteration of like, well, I guess there's two things. So I still think it's just do it. Like it's, it's cliche and it, and it sometimes seems scary, but if you've got an idea of where you want to go, even if your idea is, look, I need to survive these shifts. I need to survive this practice. I need to back off a little bit. Not only has that worked for me and been rewarding, and I'm sure work for you, but lots of the people that work for me and with me at Hippo have, have come to Hippo to do that. There's so many ways to do it. So just find out what you're like. It's got to be something that you love. Like your next step has to be something that's, that's got um, uh, some value to you uh, almost existentially. And then I would say, and this is going to sound goofy, but if you're with me, you'll understand you have to enjoy the path because the one pitfall of entrepreneurship is that you're always thinking about the future. Like, oh, it'll be better when I've got this funding or it's going to be better when I put this out or it's going to be better. If you don't sort of, I have to meditate myself into staying in the present, right? I have to like literally have a meditation practice to be like, just right now, dude, like this, that's going to come tomorrow. And if you can find a way to let yourself enjoy the path and take the leap and try to do the thing you want to do, you are, there's like no chance it does anything but reward your life, you know? So I would say, go do it. I'm not kidding. And I'm not a motivational speaker. Just go do it. You can do it. Being a doctor is a giant leg up. And then, you know, try your best to enjoy the path. Uh, this has been so awesome. I'm sure people are going to love this. Um, thanks for your time. Uh, yeah, congrats man. on all your success again. And I yeah, can't thank you. wait to see where this goes. Yeah, um, me, too. me too. So anyways, let's talk again soon and best of luck. Okay. Awesome. Thanks so much. Take care. Ready to level up your real estate investing and entrepreneurship game? Well, join us at PIMBCon, the Physician Real Estate and Entrepreneurship Conference happening live in Los Angeles on September 21st and 23rd. By attending in person, you're going to get exclusive access to expert speakers, panel discussions, and the opportunity to connect with like-minded, high-achieving professionals like yourself. This engaging event, it's packed with amazing content, workshops, and networking opportunities. Now, this year, you're going to have the opportunity to choose from two different tracks, focus on real estate investing or entrepreneurship, or do both and learn from seasoned professionals through mastermind sessions and coaching opportunities. Now you'll gain valuable insights on how to achieve financial freedom and walk away with actionable plans to help you achieve your goals. So don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to level up your financial future. Register now at PIMDCon, that's P-I-M-D-C-O-N.com for your in-person ticket and let's take your real estate investing and entrepreneurship game to the next level. Thanks so much, bye.